Well, I wonder, do you ever feel low? Really low. We can be overwhelmed, can't we, with that uh, feeling of, of sadness when things don't turn out as we expect. Especially if we've believed God for something. Maybe it's been a new job. Maybe it's been a sense of our request for healing. Maybe there's been an answer to prayer that we sought and we've just not got it. The disciples had hoped for so much in this Jesus. But they misunderstood his reason for coming. It wasn't to be some form of military leader who'd overthrow Roman rule. The salvation that he spoke about was quite different. What he came to bring and be in terms of salvation was of a different kind, but more important too, for the likes of you and me, to do with our wrongdoing. And we'll think about that a little bit later. But now this Jesus was gone. And so therefore at all that they had hoped for. They may well have wondered what to do next, wondered about their own jobs, maybe feared for their own safety, being confused by what the women had said. There was that feeling of sense of anticlimax. We can feel that, can't we? Hoping for so much and then suddenly we feel a bit let down somehow. That close-knit group would have had some frank discussion, I'm sure, after the women would have, would have come back from the, from the empty tomb with, with their news about what they'd seen, what they'd heard and what had been said. No doubt there'd been some hurtful words exchanged. Because certainly there, there wasn't a lot of uh, believing what was being told. All of their feelings at the time would have been valid. And you know, we can feel, uh, you can feel the, the, the sense of lowness, if you like, of these two on the road to Emmaus at the start of their journey. As initially they're, they're wrestling with all they have seen and heard, as we've, uh, uh, as we've had read to us uh, by Chris. You know, it's okay to feel low sometimes. It's okay to give ourselves that sense of permission. But talking can help. Talking with a friend can help. Jesus doesn't promise ever to make everything crystal clear just at the click of our fingers. We have to trust that as we work this out in faith, then he's going to help us with that. He guides those who seek him, but he may guide us in an unexpected manner. Certainly these two guys here on their way to Emmaus were guided in a very unusual and unprecedented fashion, weren't they? If you've ever felt low, maybe even this week, or that sense of feeling dejected, don't be too harsh on yourself. Sometimes if we're a Christian, one of the difficulties can be that sense of guilt that we feel because we shouldn't be feeling this low or disillusioned or discouraged, should we? Surely, what about life in all its fullness? There's way more people than we maybe realise suffer from such feelings from time to time. It may well be for some people there is a real sense of a mental health issue and that could be really tough. It may well be that for some people there's a sense of, of what is going on in the real world by way of a life circumstance and a sense of loneliness or disappointment is a natural response simply because they care. It may well simply be because it's just part of our being human. 
Could well be another factor. Could well be some sense of loneliness that you feel right here and now as you're watching this. One of the things that we can all do is we can take it to the Lord in prayer. Good morning, everyone. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this lovely time of year, for warmer weather and light evenings. How much more positive it makes us feel. Thank you, Lord, for the reminder that nature speaks to us of your creative power. The beauty of seeing spring flowers, trees coming into leaf, birds looking for nests and bees buzzing about. We thank you, Lord, for the feel-good factor of this and also of the hope of coming out of COVID lockdown. Thank you for the massive fall in numbers of people catching COVID and dying from it. We thank you for the vaccinations and for those working so hard to get everyone vaccinated. Thank you also for our government and for those working hard to get businesses back into production. We pray for those still suffering from COVID or long COVID and for any others feeling ill at this time, Lord, that you would touch them with your healing hand. We think of those also who are mourning the loss of a loved one and pray you would comfort them. We pray for those who are in financial difficulties at this time and ask you to provide for them now and in the future. We thank you, Lord, for those who've worked hard over the last year in our church to bring us the church services online. We ask a special blessing on them for their faithfulness. And we would not forget to thank you, Lord, for what you mean to us, for the cross, and that our wonderful Jesus died for us to show us God's love. We thank you for his resurrection, which showed us God's great power over death. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. What an amazing passage we have just had, had read to us from Luke 24 of the resurrected Jesus meeting and walking with two of his followers on the road to Emmaus shortly after the crucifixion. It would be good for us now to pray over this passage. Let us pray. Lord, how wonderful it is to read of this amazing encounter of you walking alongside these two men. Men who thought you had died on the cross now found you walking alongside them. They didn't recognize you immediately, but over supper, the Holy Spirit revealed to them that it was you who sat and ate with them. Bless you, Jesus. After you had vanished from their sight, each of them recalled that they had a burning sensation in their hearts while you were with them. May it be, dear Lord, that as we go through the service this morning, that at some stage your Holy Spirit will cause our eyes to be opened to see you and know who you are, and that our hearts will also burn within us. And may this be the beginning of a lifelong relationship with you and the start of our understanding what the Bible has to say about you and your great love to us. May we know that you do not desire to relate to us from a throne in heaven, but rather to walk hand in hand with us as King, Saviour and Friend whilst here on earth. Bless you, Lord, for being such a wonderful God. Amen. 
good to take it to the Lord in prayer. Well, we've asked the question, have you ever felt low? But let's me, let me ask you another one. Have you ever felt, or do you ever feel, that this Jesus that we worship isn't really with you? You know, Jesus told his followers in Matthew chapter 28 that he will never, ever leave us. So if we're one of his followers, why doubt it? If he'd said it, it was written on the tin. The disciples in this account, in Luke chapter 24, had Jesus there in the flesh, but they weren't aware of it, certainly not initially. I'm reminded of Acts chapter 17, verse 27, that says, you know, that God is not far from each one of us. So regardless of what we feel, we need to know and claim that by faith that this Jesus is indeed with us. Now, why was it that they didn't recognise him, which is what we read in verse uh, 16? Why didn't they recognise him? Was Jesus wearing sunglasses? Did he have some form of wig or disguise? Or putting on a different kind of voice? Well, we don't necessarily uh, know, do we? Did God take away the possibility of their recognising recognizing him? But if so, why? Neither, of course, would have been expecting to have had a conversation with Jesus, let alone to see him, because this Jesus had died. You're not going to kind of expect to have a conversation with a corpse, are you? So we can maybe forgive them for being a little bit slow on the uptake. Maybe they were just a little bit, uh, a, a little bit too distressed to notice, maybe too, too blinkered to wallowing in what they had heard and trying to, to make sense of it all? Or was it maybe that there were lessons from God for them to learn on that journey? While Jesus was in the midst, but they didn't really quite recognise it. Why didn't you just tell them, Jesus? Ta-da, it's me, guys. Why, God, that, why is it that God just doesn't do what we want him to do? Isn't that a question that so many of us feel from time to time? We're reminded as the prophet Isaiah says that our ways are not God's ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. The reality is we don't really know why they never really tweet. All we do know is those words in verse 16. Which Luke says is, but they were kept from recognising him. Which tells me that there was probably a God-ordained purpose in their not knowing at that point. It's only in verse 31, towards the end of the account, that we read then that the, their eyes were opened and they recognised him. And this got me thinking. It struck me that this is a picture of our walking by faith. Was Jesus there earlier when they were upset? Yes, he was, but they didn't realise it. Was he with them on their journey before that? Yes, he was, but they didn't realise it. They only felt better when their eyes were opened. And then we can pick up their excitement, can't we? We're not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road at verse 32. But what happened immediately after that? Jesus suddenly 
disappears again. Should they have then got all low again because there was no tangible presence of him? No, of course not. There's a lesson here. Our following Jesus is regardless of what we do or don't feel at any one moment. And those eye-opening moments are usually very few and far between, aren't they? We'd love to have more of them. Why? Well, because our faith and our relationship are to do with our trusting him. Our trusting him. And maybe one of the key components of this passage is that it draws us in to that importance of trusting this Jesus regardless of what we feel or don't feel by way of his tangible presence. The reality was for these two guys that Jesus was there. The reality for you and me is regardless of what you feel right here and now, Jesus is there with us. Trust him. I will trust in you alone. That's a statement of our faith. And we're going to sing about that now as we respond in worship to that song, The Lord is My Shepherd. Sing your hearts out from where you are and make that that statement of your own faith. I will trust in you alone. I will trust in you alone. Let's seek to do that. Thanks again to our worship group for piecing that amazing uh, video uh, together at the sunshine in the countryside. Well, we've been asking ourselves some questions about if you ever feel low, do you ever feel that Jesus isn't with you? Here's another question for you. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by doubt? You know, when I'm okay, my faith is okay. Isn't that so often the case? When I'm not okay, then I can struggle more in my faith or God can seem somehow distant. And that's when doubts can creep in. Is that what you feel? Despite all that Jesus had done before their very eyes, the two walking here had still only seen him as a prophet, not the Messiah. Verse 19 makes that clear. They hoped that he would be so much more. What they had heard from the women had amazed them, we read in verse 22, but it had not converted them. Jesus then does what? Well, he immediately goes to scripture to actually help them see that they shouldn't have been surprised at all that the Messiah had to suffer. There's quite a blunt rebuke as well in his immediate response. How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken in verse 25. How would those Jews have responded to have uh, a stranger say to them that, in essence, you don't really know your scriptures, the the scriptures that they thought they knew so well, that they totally misunderstood them. Yet somehow they don't appear uh, offended. I think I would have been. What would be the equivalent for us? Well, I guess it would be someone to highlight that we didn't know that biblically all that we were seeking to do by way of our corporate worship on a Sunday was wrong. Well, I I don't know how you'd respond, but I think I would be a tad uncomfortable and probably pretty defensive. Unless we can see how big 
this issue is that Jesus is correcting in their minds. We will never be able to understand how these two people here would have felt on their way to Emmaus. It's to do with the one that the Old Testament pointed towards. And Jesus is basically saying, don't you know anything about the basics? That would have been quite a putting them uh, on the spot or putting them in their place kind of rebuke, wouldn't it? I wonder if there's a lesson for us here. Well, one of the things that struck me was the importance of maybe our our being guarded against thinking that, that we know everything, that we know it all. Now we see, but in part, is what we read in Corinthians when Paul spoke to one church. And I think the longer that I journey on in my own Christian life, the more aware I am of what I don't know, not what I know, which seems kind of quite an irony. Let's be careful to not be too dogmatic. Another lesson, though, surely, is that when we are unsure and when we're tempted to doubt, We should go to God's word, which is unchanging. A reminder of our our theme for the year, isn't it? Changing times, but an unchanging God. And And the word of God is unchanging too. So let's go back to that which doesn't change and isn't as fickle as what we may or may not be feeling or thinking in and of ourselves at the time. Because that changes, doesn't it? Or let's put ourselves in a place We are where we are able to hear God's word. Without our being able to come together regularly on Sundays, it's been so easy to not do anything, hasn't it? And maybe to avoid even watching the broadcast uh, that's coming out into your homes week by week. Put yourself in a place where you're able to be under the ministry of the word of God, where we'll hear what God is saying to us in our own situation, trusting that he will speak a word that is relevant for today. It's important that we seek to do that. To avoid that is maybe the thin end of the wedge. But let me add this, that doubt in itself, I think is okay. The issue is what we then do with it, with that doubt. Does it kind of prompt us to think, "Mm, I'm unsettled about this, I'm going to dig deeper, I'm going to explore, I'm going to talk this over with somebody? Or are we tempted to think, I'm beginning to doubt, and then that's when we seek to remove ourselves from God's word and from his people. It's these dilemmas, I think, that can make or break us. They can be good times or bad times. We feel in a hole. Will we fall further down or are we going to seek to climb out. Take your concerns as well as your pain to God. But by all means, chat it through with a friend as well. That's another one of the benefits we see coming through this passage here of the two bouncing their ideas and their thoughts off of one another, isn't it? It may well be that we get some answers. It may well be that we don't. But at least we're being honest in our struggle. And I think God really respects that. Sometimes we may have to leave what we don't fully get or grasp with God. That's tough. But it's a sign of our maturity. And again, that word trust comes into play. That in his way and in his time, things will become clearer. I've got another question for you. Have you ever felt you're not really 
ever getting there. Following Jesus is a journey. There's only two things that are difficult about that journey. Seriously, there's only two things that are difficult about that journey. One is getting started. The other is keeping going. (laughs) Isn't that true? It's really difficult. If you're watching this and you've not yet made a commitment or a decision to follow Jesus Christ, you'll have all sorts of doubts and questions and struggles in terms of that tug of war that will be going on, I'm sure, within you. You are not the first and you are not going to be the last. I've heard stories like that countless, countless times. But it may well be that you're one of those people who has been a follower of Jesus for years. Keeping going is not always easy. And whilst for some, lockdown has proven quite a positive thing in terms of of our walk with God, for others it's been a struggle as we've missed one another to connect with. Well, Growing in our faith takes time, but time is what Jesus had with Cleopas and his friend on the journey here, possibly two or three hours, who knows, and then he stayed with them. It's a reminder, I think as well, that that whole uh, concept of discipleship uh, happened and was happening over a journey, over a conversation, on a walk, but also over the dining room table or whatever their equivalent would have been. Maybe sat down on the floor. Who knows? Notice that Jesus doesn't force himself upon them. And I like that. Twice, he seemingly asks quite an innocuous uh, and almost unimportant question, it it would seem, or, or, or unimportant questions. The first is in verse 17, where he merely says, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And the second one is in verse 19, when he kind of acts uh, up, all done really, and says, what things? What things have been going on? Tell me, tell me. He's inviting them to think aloud with what they are processing. Maybe instead of demanding answers, to our questions and getting frustrated that we don't get what we feel we want. We might do well to pause and imagine Jesus asking us in similar fashion as we wrestle with whatever it is we're wrestling with. And what do you think that means? And we find ourselves thinking about that aloud. Or maybe Jesus may well be saying and And what do you feel about that? It's not an answer to our question, but again, we're there thinking things through ourselves or before our God or bouncing that over with a friend. Socially distanced, of course. Aren't the very best counsellors those who are people who who seek to enable us to, to have have answers drawn out from ourselves as opposed to us being told. Jesus, it appears to me, was pretty expert at that. Then, when they reached Emmaus, he doesn't gate crash, but he awaits an invitation. Stay with us. There's there's something that these two are getting quite excited about as conversation is obviously evidently uh, sort of uh, picking up, picking up pace and gathering an excitement. 
Stay with us, they urged him in verse 29. There is a hunger there, isn't there? Maybe Jesus is awaiting our invitation afresh. Jesus, just just stay a little while longer. Stay close. Help me get this. I'm on a journey. It's not fully getting through to me right yet, but please stay. Let me know a little bit more. Speak to me. Jesus then chooses not only to stay with them in accepting their invitation, but he stays for a meal. And as he quietly takes the bread and and gives thanks, it's then that they realise who he was. They can tell because of the holes in his hands. Whose house was it? Well, it would have been um, proper practice for the master of the house to have given thanks. And I hope whenever you have a meal that you do exactly that. Giving thanks to God for all that he does uh, does provide for us in providing our daily bread as per the Lord's Prayer that we pray. But then there's that beautiful realisation. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him. Were our hearts not burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Verses 31 and 32. There was something there about that person. They just not tweaked. It was the risen Jesus himself. And that seemed to make all the difference. Everything bit by bit seemed to fall into place. But they didn't get that way back at the beginning. They didn't get that when they were at their most desperate point of wanting to know as they were, they were wrestling with all that stuff going on. And maybe we might not either. Let's wait patiently on the Lord as the psalmist would encourage us. Even though Jesus showed them scriptures, he'd only pointed to those as being of relevance to the Jesus of Nazareth. He left the two that were on the journey to realise that he was Jesus. There is that sense of human responsibility, isn't there? Of choice and decision that you and I need to come to making ourselves. We're not going to become a great follower overnight. It does take time. But we can help ourselves by extending an invitation to Jesus. Maybe wherever you're at in your journey, that's something that you would like to do right now. Either before or during this next song. 10,000 Reasons is the song. And there may well be 10,000 reasons that you could come up with why to not do this. But let me encourage you to take seriously. This Jesus is who he said he was. He did what he said he would come to do. To give up his life for your sin and mine. But he didn't stay dead. On that third day he conquered death. And we worship him because he is indeed risen and for those who turn to him he promises to give new life freedom from all the stuff in the past a sense of purpose for the present and even better a hope with him for all eternity and that starts that journey starts the moment we make a decision to invite him in as someone once said the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. 
If you've never taken that step, I'd encourage you to do just that. You could click onto our website to explore more about what that means further on the section under church where it says, how can I become a Christian? No obligation to do anything, but it may well help you think through something of what this actually means for yourself. If you are a Christian and you've been feeling that sense of lowness or whether Jesus is really with you or you've had doubts or as if you're never really getting there, come back to Luke chapter chapter 24 afresh and realise again that this Jesus has been there all the way along, all the way along, because he promises to never, ever leave you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do pray that God would have spoken to you and would have encouraged you amidst all the difficult questions that we can have from time to time on our journey. We've asked a number of questions, haven't we, about whether we feel low, about have we ever felt that Jesus is just not with us at all? Have we ever felt overwhelmed by doubt or feeling that we're not really ever getting anywhere? The truth is, you know, regardless of our, of our own feeling that I'm sure I'm the only one that's feeling, that's ever felt like this, that we all have a variety of questions like these at times in our lives. And I want to say that that is okay. It really is. We're not weird or failures if we have such questions. And we shouldn't think that we're the only ones feeling such things. But I believe this passage in Luke chapter 24 does help us. Because God's word is there as his living word to help us right where you and I are with whatever it is that we're wrestling with. It brings us back to that theme of life being a journey and faith being a journey as we can identify with these this couple of ordinary people who are asking such pertinent real questions in their lives after all that they've seen and all that they've heard back at that very first Easter. You know, it may well be that we don't always get immediate answers to our specific questions. But Jesus does remain with us, whatever we are feeling on life's journey. He's there for us when we doubt, and God's word reminds us of this, that he promises to finish that which he has started. He who has started a good work in you, Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, will carry it on to completion. And I feel really encouraged by that because it says to me, you know what, bottom line, it's not all about me anyway. It's about the one who started this work in me. And if he started, he's not going to think, I've had enough of that, can't cope anymore. I'm going to move away, move on to somebody else. He's going to carry this good work in you on to completion. So let's trust him. Let's be positive as we seek to take the next step of our own journey. I'm going to close with a short prayer as we ask God to help us to that end. Father God, I want to say thank you for this uh, amazing passage that we've got in your word that tells us exactly what happened when a couple of people were were, uh, hearing all the events of that first Easter and it was just too overwhelming. And sometimes what goes on in our lives feels just like that. It takes us time to process, time to think the issues through, time to work out what our response should be 
to what we're going through. God, we pray that you'd help us. We pray that we would indeed seek to hold on to you and to turn to you, even as you are there deeply wanting to hold on to us, to encourage us and assure us of your presence. When we don't feel that sense of anything in a tangible way, just remind us of what your word says, that you know that you're there. God, help us as we seek to follow you. Help us as we seek to, with fear and trembling, work out our salvation as your word encourages us. And maybe over this coming up week, to seek to further that journey through a simple walk with a friend. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Do get in touch with us with whatever your feedback and whatever your questions. We'd love to hear from you. God bless you.